A I N M E N U Main Menu Main Menu Main Menu Hello everyone, this is Main Menu for Friday, December 4th, 2015. Good stuff coming up in this episode, all about Windows 10 and things related. We're going to start out with a special announcement from one of our guests, Bill Sparks. And he will tell you about his auction item coming up for the ACB Radio Auction this Sunday. We'll talk a little more about that later, too. Also, this episode was so long that we had to create two parts, and the second part will be aired next week. Without further ado, let's begin. Hi, this is Big R slash Randy Rusnak speaking. Can you guess this sound? Hey, well, all right, sir, here we go then. What are you going to give? If you would have said an auction, you'd be partially right. It's the sound of the ACB radio auction. At the beginning of Main Menu, we'd like to give thanks to our friend Bill Sparks for donating such a cool item. And here's Bill to tell us all about it now. I'm at 25, will you give me $30, 30, make it 30, bit it a 30, 35, and now the 40, make it a 40, bit it a 40, now 5, 5, 5, make it a 45, and now 50 on the bottom. And we're transitioning over from CDs to, very shortly here, a all download of OTR from a download. And I will say that I'm working very, very hard and almost done with a big project that I've been working on for ACB Radio for some fundraising. I have a brand new old-time OTR hard drive, which has, well, right now it's right at 90,000 old-time radio shows on it that it will be going on display next week. Maybe a little less than that, but um, all categorized and all set up for you and everything that you ever wanted, a collector's dream. And then we're also going to throw in a flash drive for... One other prize, it has like 10,000 shows on it. So You're donating this to ACB, Bill, is that right? Yes. Oh, wow, yes. thank you. We're doing. We're trying to get um, give ACB Radio a boost. Last year it went over real well. So this year, Carla and I have worked out an idea, and we're doing a complete hard drive, which is everything. But this year I've really taken the time to categorize all of this old-time radio, get everything out there that's that's available. And that's a terabyte, didn't you say? So I'd take your yeah, whole life to listen to that. Old-time radio. <laughs> Man. I mean, it's a lot of stuff. So we'll see how that goes next week. That's on December 6th, by the way, right. starting at uh, 7 o'clock Eastern on all of the ACB radio streams. So come and bid on that. That would be fantastic. So, yeah, Jeff, we've been working real yep. hard. Even though we were in the legend, we we appreciate good radio and we really want people to participate in ACB Radio to thrive. Hi, ladies and gentlemen. We are changing our format up just a wee little bit. Yes. And that is you're hearing us at the beginning as opposed to hearing us at the end. We thought we'd get the part that you like to hear the least out first. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, we want to fill you in on a few little things and one of the things that we want to fill you in about is we are going to be talking about Windows 10 and some other things now through this 
I'm trying to think of the words to call it. It's a it's a it's a great interview, but it's it's more than that. Um, it's a roundtable discussion. Through this roundtable discussion, <laughs> you wonder probably why we're laughing is because we were trying to think of something to come up with it. So Jason can just leave that in there. That's uh, beautiful. Thank you for showing how unprofessional we are, Jason. Oh, you're, you're very welcome. <laughs> it's very easy. <laughs> yes. Through the uh, roundtable discussion, we talked about the disability answer desk, but it's, I think I called it the disability helpline. They mean the same thing. They're they synonymous. So, Jason, why don't you give them that number, if you would? Sure. That number is 1-800-936-5900. And we're not going to tell you what it is or talk about it now, because we talk about it a couple of times throughout the round table discussion. Yes. <laughs> what a good round table discussion we had <laughs> yes. with the gang. Uh, you are about to hear a lot of great people coming together and giving you ideas on why you might want to jump over to it or why you might want to wait, as well as information on what works and doesn't, um, the Microsoft Office suite, and lots of tips and tricks at the end. However... There's so much information that we couldn't fit it all into one show. It's just jam-packed full. I yes. tried my best to cut it down, and I found that if I were to cut it any further, it would be like uh, cutting a really good read of a book. I just couldn't do it. I, yeah. In fact, I didn't have hardly, uh, except for this part, have to do any, any editing at all. <laughs> I, uh, everybody is so well-versed in the discussion that um, it was fairly easy for me to do. The whole thing was uh, just a pleasure to do and to bring to you guys. And uh, the other 15 or so minutes that we have for you next week will entail a lot of things dealing with Microsoft as well. So you'll want to stay tuned for that. And should we tell them who is on board, who, who's in our discussion? Nah, let's let them guess. Ah, okay. Because they, they'll hear what a fabulous crew we really did get together at the beginning of the, whatever this is that we have here, round table <laughs> discussion. Yes. Surprises are nice. So, again, I hope you guys are liking the new format. I've been getting a lot of nice comments, and mostly they're from people that we've had on, which is very good. They, they didn't have to say that, uh, you know, but the check in the mail certainly did help. Oh, that was sweet. That they paid me. I think that's blackmail, but I'm not sure. <laughs> well, I wasn't supposed to tell you, but I got uh, one, too. You got a compliment? <laughs> I got a check. Oh, of course you did. <laughs> so what do you think of this format, Jason? <laughs> I think it's great. I can do this all day. Yeah, it's very, very good. Yes. Jason, uh, do you have something else for the gang here? Yes. Uh, next week, we're going to have some time left on the show and I was thinking of inserting some bits on the Mac. And I know you have had something in the queue. Yes, oh. I have. Mm -hmm. uh, so maybe we can hear from that, too, if my Mac bit isn't so great. Oh, it's going to be fine. <laughs> I will talk about the pill minder. And that's something you guys will want to pay attention to. It's come in really handy in our home. So I think you'll probably like it. Cool. Mm-hmm. Don't forget about the auction, ladies and gentlemen, coming up on Sunday, December the 6th. Yes, from 7 p.m. to 11 p.m. Eastern Time. And you can catch that 
on the newly developed app called ACB Link, if you wish. And it will air on five ACB radio channels. You know, I, I could joke about this and say you got to get away from it sometime, but the truth of the matter is is that sometimes when you watch TV, like you have to tune into TV Land or something just to get a little tiny break, but who would want a break from the ACB auction? See how I got out of that? Oh, see, that was great. It was. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So... Seriously, uh, it's going to be a great auction. Lots of great donations. And I'm kind of excited to see who bids on what and who won what. Yes, (laughs) I had a lot of fun. That was hard to say. (laughs) Yes, I can imagine. I I had a lot of fun last year listening and just getting excited with everyone with all the different products and a lot of food stuff. Did you really, Jason? That's pretty cool. Yeah, uh, a lot of fun. Good. Good. I'm. I'm really looking forward to it. I'd like to, as I say, I'll be. I'll be tuning in, throughout the uh, evening, and and hope everybody bids on something they really want. I'm betting those gourmet bourbon balls are are great. Mm, I'd like to get me some of those. So don't forget to listen to part two, as we bring you the rest of the interview. So, hope you enjoy it, ladies and gentlemen. I'd like to welcome you guys to main menu. Jeff Bishop. Hi. Hello there. Bill Sparks. Hi there. How are you? Michael Off. Hello, radio. Jason Castanguay, the other team member. Hello, everyone. For me, this is just so incredible. You all are my friends and have been friends for many years. We've done podcasts together. We have (laughs) banged our heads on computer problems together. And it's just so cool having you all here. Jeff, have you ever heard of Main Menu before? No, I never heard of it before, ever. He's going to show it up one day. Yeah, Yeah, that's funny that you should say that because he's been uh, with Main Menu for, God, how long, Jeff? Ten years now? Something like that. Yeah. Wow, a long time. Yeah, Yeah, I think it was Jeff's Main Menu that turned me on to Twitter. Oh, okay. Michael Loff. Everybody knows Michael Loff from all kinds of podcasts. Um, We could... I talk about him all day, and I usually talk about him behind his back. So <laughs> That's the best way. <laughs> yeah, it is. So while I, the last time I had Michael on, we were doing an iPhone presentation with the iPhone 3GS. Remember that? Yeah, I know. Yeah. It's been how a, long it's been since I talked to you. Has it been that long? Yeah. Oh, you my. used to call me on my iPhone. Yeah. And now I don't because I didn't need you, but now I do. <laughs> okay. <there you> <laughs> Bill Sparks from The Legend. Wow, he's just uh, been running that thing. How many years have you been running The Legend, Bill? Uh, 10 years, 10 years plus now, almost 11. Oh my gosh. And Bill has his own podcast too. And at the end, we'll all tell everybody how to get a hold of everybody. So don't worry. And now we're here to talk about Windows 10. Before we start, I would like to tell everybody that there is a common issue in Windows 7 that when it decides to happen to you, most of the files and folders that you open will run in a great big long string or chain. In other words, it tries to open many files and folders at the same time. And when that happens, your computer just freezes. And it's just a horrible thing to happen to you. And it just happened to me just now. So I guess what I'd like to do is, uh, for me, I would like to say that I have Windows 7 on this machine that I'm talking to you on right now. On my machine in back, which is a laptop, I just installed Windows 10. And I've been running it for about three days. Now I'm very new to it, so that's why I brought in the experts of um, what I call experts anyway, because uh, they've been running it a lot longer. So let's just kind of go around the table here. But before we do, um, 
this is why I want to upgrade. You guys, maybe you can tell me uh, if uh, I went in the right direction or if you guys have heard of the problem that I'm having. So let's start with Bill. Have you ever heard of this problem before with 7? Well, the, the problem, yes, I have. Um, the machine that runs the Legend Automation now had that problem when it was Windows 7. Now, I, it struggled and struggled and struggled. And so finally, I blew it completely away. I mean, I just completely backed everything up that I needed. Then I updated it to Windows 10 after I blew it away and put a new solid-state drive in and ran the operating system on the new drive. The computer works a million times better now. Mm -hmm. I've had this problem ever since I installed the operating system, which was maybe, oh, three months ago. So it's just time to switch over to 10. How about you, Jeff? You ever heard of this issue with 7 before? I have not. Um, I, mm. I have seen where if I highlight a bunch of files in a, in a folder mm -hmm. and uh, I think that I have escaped out of that highlight and then opened up a file, that it will open up all of the files and folders inside of that directory. Mm -hmm. um, but not, but not as you describe it. No, oh, I have not. I have not seen that. Yeah. Wow. No, I, I, I get it. Sure. Yeah. And if you're trying to do something like we're trying to do something here today, professionalism just goes right out the window. It's like, help me. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I know Jason is not familiar with windows 10. So we'll just ask him a real quick question. Who invented windows? Uh, Jason. Um, I think it was, um, oh, gee, um, was it Steve Jobs? Yeah, there you go. Oh, okay, uh, we're cool. going to leave that in here to show, just show what kind of people we have here on main menu. <laughs> well, one, one, one might argue that he did. That's if you, if you get down to the, uh, <laughs> get down to the historic <laughs> nature true. of it. Uh, See, I knew I was telling the truth. There you go. <laughs> sort of indirectly anyway. <laughs> mm -hmm. And what about you, Michael? Have you, have you ever heard of this issue before with seven? I think it's the same thing that Jeff mentioned. You accidentally have multiple things highlighted, and so part of that may be screen read related. Could be. <sighs> it might be. I do know that when you uncheck the preview pane, that will go away. And for some reason, NVDA won't let me see that preview pane. It just will not let me see it. But I know JAWS will, and so what I had to do is download a demo copy of JAWS <laughs> uh, because I'm several cycles behind, and we won't go we won't go there. We we just won't go there because this is a Windows 10 issue uh, that we're uh, talking. Well, not an issue, but this is a Windows 10 show that we're talking about. So, would would all of you agree? Uh, let's just kind of, and I don't care who answers this question. Should we jump to Windows 10 now? Is it fairly safe? And I guess. The best one to answer that right now uh, maybe would be – we'll go with Jeff and then anybody else can chime in. What do you think, Jeff? Well, I think it really depends. I think if you're on Windows 7, then you may want to stay where you are for now. It also kind of depends on what screen reader you're using and what level of support that screen reader supports Windows 10. If you're on Windows 8 or Windows 8.1, it's a no-brainer. Yes, you should move to Windows 10. You're already halfway there. Just keep going. Um, it's really going to be important, though, that if you're going to move to Windows 10, that you be on the latest version of your screen reader, whether that be 
window eyes, jaws, NVDA, you know, whatever you're using, you want to make sure you're on the latest and greatest version of that because not only are Microsoft making changes, but the screen reader manufacturers are making changes to keep up. Mm -hmm. And this is happening very, very quickly. You know, Microsoft has moved to this very, very quick development cycle for Windows now. And that's just the way that it's going to be. And this is also true even of, uh, of Office. Uh, Office 365 is, is really the way that Microsoft wants everyone to be moving toward. And you really want to be there if you want to get the latest updates. And we'll talk more about, about that later, about the insider programs and whether that those are things you might want to be involved with or not. But, uh, you know, Windows and Office and basically all of the apps are, are moving to this really rapid development cycle. And, and you know, the, the screen reader vendors are, are going to need to, you know, hook up and, and just get engaged and, and, and Microsoft needs to do the same thing too. So, and, and, and they are, um, there's some, there's some cool things happening there. So it's a very, very exciting time right now. It, although it can be challenging too, there's, there's, you know, a lot to learn. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're not well connected, you know, if you haven't heard podcasts or you're, you're not involved in reading Microsoft's accessibility blog, uh, and you don't know about some of the issues like the email client and edge and, you know, the uh, PDF reader issues, then it could be a challenge for you if you, you know, buy a brand new computer and you bring it home and it has Windows 10 on it and you don't know what to do to get, you know, an accessible browser to work, things like that. Um, so, yeah, there's, it, it, it's a little bit of a challenge right now. So I, this really comes down to, to two things. One, the level of knowledge you have about your operating system. And two, whether you're already on Windows 8 or 8.1. I think that's really what it's going to come down to as to whether or not you should move to Windows 10 right now. Bill? Well, I agree with Jeff uh, very much so. I've got a computer here that I'm using right now that has Windows 7. My other four computers have Windows 10. And the Windows 7 is working just fine. Um, You know, like you said, if you're in Windows 8, 8.1, no-brainer. Windows 7... You really need to think about it. And another thing that you really need to consider, if you are going to update, if you have some legacy programs that might not work in Windows 10, be very, very, very careful because not everything works um, the way that you might expect it to work. So be a little careful there. But Jeff is dead on. Yeah, I know, and we're speaking now late, late November, like the 28th. And one of the things that I've noticed right now is the cube for uh, the Twitter client does not work in Windows 10. Michael, what do you think? If Windows 7 is working for you and you like everything just so, and you're not the kind to go out and explore and want to have to fix a few, tweak a few things here and there, you might want to hold on to what you have. I actually upgraded from 8.1. I did two upgrades. I did I did an upgrade and I did what's called a clean install. So a couple things there to keep in mind. Clean install meaning I'm, you know, it's a brand new Windows. I'm going to install everything from scratch. Hopefully it's going to, you know, run faster, uh, be more stable. Uh, the stats show that Windows 10 is about 30% faster than Windows 7. So if you have an older computer that's running a little slower than you like, that upgrade could be nice for you. 
Uh, you do need to, if you're going to do an upgrade, well, first of all, if your computer's not working right and you think, I'm just going to upgrade to Windows 10 and fix everything, it's probably not going to work that way. If you have things that are corrupted now and aren't installing properly, then you're probably going to need to you know, do a clean install, which means Windows 10 from scratch. But I would recommend, if you're going to do the upgrade, get NVDA, the latest version just released, 2015.4, because it will work on the other side when you get the Windows 10. Uh, Jaws and Window Eyes will, but you're going to probably have to reinstall them. Window Eyes, you're going to have to have the latest, 9.21. They call it 9.2, but it says 9.21. And Jaws, I think you're going to have the, at least the latest version of 16. Yep. If not 17. And uh, so getting NVDA 2015.4 will be a must to make sure you have speech on the other side. Uh, there are very few people who still use it, but anyone who still owns a license for system access, it will help you make that transition as well. And one of the coolest things is introduced in 8.1. Uh, they introduced in 8, it didn't work. But 8.1 and 10 is when you uh, turn on your computer for the first time, you have no speech at all. There is a hotkey that turns on and off Windows Narrator, and that's mm -hmm. Windows key enter. Very mm -hmm. important to know that. Yep. Yep, what I did was, uh, when I did the installation from Windows 7 to 10 on the laptop, I had to clear off all versions of JAWS because it will not let you upgrade unless you have them completely uninstalled. And there's a special tool that you can use to install everything. If you don't want to uninstall every single bit, you might want to use that tool. You might want to use it anyway. And it's very easy to find on their website. And I can't remember what it's called. Jeff, do you know what that tool's called? I, I don't, but okay. it's available on their, on their website. Mm -hmm. And I had to do the same thing, but okay. not on all machines. It was very interesting. Yeah. Um, I had to do it on a machine at work. And this is, uh, Michael, going back to what you said about issues on, on uh, machines, <laughs> I, uh, oh I upgraded a Windows, <laughs> Windows 7 machine to Windows 10 and completely lost all keyboard access. Um, <laughs> the, keyboard, the keyboard would no longer work on the laptop, an external keyboard would not work. It was a mess. Uh, and the only way that we were able to get it working was I uh, brought the laptop home, and my son had to use an on-screen keyboard with the mouse and type that way. Oh, my God. And roll back uh, the actual operating system back to Windows 7. Thank goodness you can, you can do that. And everything was fine. And I'm, I'm not upgrading that machine anymore <laughs> until, <laughs> until, until I could blow it away completely and, and, and do it right. But, uh, yeah, now yeah. if you uh, – just two other notes on Windows Eyes. If you do a clean install to Windows 10, you will first need to get a copy. You have to request it via the support, uh, you support at AISquared.com and tell them you're doing a clean Windows 10 and they will actually send you the full 921. That's correct, right. Yeah, I did. And that. I also had a problem when I upgraded one, it changed the window eye sound device to like a SPDIF or something digital that, so there was no speech, I had to run NVDA to get window eyes speaking again. So. Mm -hmm. Wow, a lot of issues. I know when Jeff told me this, after he told me this uh, issue, he hadn't quite got his machine upgraded yet his son hadn't had a chance to do it and he told me this this uh, issue that he was having but he, then he said 
Don't worry, though. Uh, it won't happen to you. <laughs> <laughs> no, this will only happen to me. This, this I felt, happen to anybody else. I felt really confident then. Yeah. <laughs> and well, as a result, I hadn't upgraded until like two days ago, two or three days ago, which, by the way, went smoothly after I had the um, uh, ran the tool to clean out JAWS. Uh, it went perfectly. Uh, now, a couple of things to note here, and maybe you guys can shed some light on this. I am running... A clean uh, version of Windows. It's legal. But it was a uh, enterprise version. Yeah, I think that upgrades to Pro, so it's not enterprise that, that's anymore. That's Pro, yep. Yep, mm-hmm. yep. and um, it didn't didn't let me up, upgrade. And I've talked to Bill Sparks about this before. We had several conversations on it, and I think he thought that I might still have this issue. But um, I got a different notification in my system tray, and I don't even remember what it was called or what it had said but I thought well I'll try it because I was having really no issues with 7 at the time on my laptop and well still don't because I've got 10 on here now but I tried it and it went smoothly. Well Microsoft keys are not all equal Uh, for example if you were on a corporate network and you were using a a, a Windows 7 license key you, you will not get prompted to upgrade to Windows 10 because it knows based on the key and know it also knows that you're a, a part of a of an enterprise domain and so those things will not push to you in fact if you run the uh, media cre- media creation tool mm-hmm. and try to to create media to upgrade that will not even work it won't. either that's right no that will not work either so so all keys are not the same and and really the uh, the free upgrade that that Microsoft is offering until the end of uh, July of next year really applies mainly to the home market, those who have home or professional versions. It doesn't really ap- apply to corporate or enterprise-level customers. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's not, uh, you know, Microsoft has other ways of getting these guys upgraded, and, and we can do that. I work at the University of Arizona, and we can we can do that. We can request a key, and we can, we can upgrade, you know, that way. So um, was it just a stroke of luck that I got it on my laptop then? That it works. Uh, it's hard to say, you know, without you know, without have, knowing more, it would be hard to definitively say for sure. But mm-hmm. uh, it's okay. Keep keep going. It's working, right? Yeah, it's working great. Yeah, I mean, okay. it just depends if you think it's a downgrade from enterprise to pro. You know, so they brought you in at a pro level. Yeah, they did. Yep. Which allows yeah, you pro- data encryption if that's right. something you use. Now, the other couple things you need to keep in mind: we go to Windows 10. It's you know, it wants to push you to use their Edge browser. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. two things you want to change or look at is your file types, what you're used to playing your your different media with. So first of all, opening your web pages and whether you want Internet Explorer 11 or uh, Firefox or Chrome, I guess, if you use that. And then the other thing is your media types. It's going to want to use its new Groove player. So if you like uh, Winamp, then you'll have to go in and find it and, and say, I want Winamp to play everything that it can. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. This is true, and and you also need to really think about when you're doing – if you're going to do an upgrade, there's an option that will allow you to maintain your current settings. So when I upgraded, it it maintained Firefox, it maintained Winamp, Mm -hmm. uh, all of that for me. Same here. Uh, That's not always the case, and it really kind of depends on (laughs) the luck of the draw that you get, but it seems to be that – some people are getting that option, others are not. Well, I had to do mine through Narrator. I actually had the choice yep. of setting up the mm-hmm. settings. Uh, I brought up Narrator, and um, what I did was, uh, I forgot the keystrokes of Narrator, i got to be honest, to, to 
to bring it up. But I I have lots of Twitter friends. <laughs> yep. And I asked, I got no answer. So I started doing a search on Twitter um, and found that uh, the keystroke that I needed and looked it up and started reading heavily on how to do some of these commands. And I, I myself had no issues. Yeah, I think it's when you do a clean upgrade that uh, starts throwing you a few curve balls mm-hmm. and narrator gets funky about trying to you know, get connected to your Microsoft account. And that's probably some commitment you'll really want to make. I guess it's trying to import your settings into a cloud, either move them across machines mm-hmm. uh, so that it's going to prompt you at some point to set up a Microsoft account. Which I've done. Now, the question that I've got, I have um, several. Uh, one that I have um, is when my machine starts, my Windows 10 machine starts, it seems to me at this point, and it's probably always going to be this way, it seems like that Windows 10 is a gigantic uh, OS uh, operating system for a tablet. It's like turning your PC into a giant tablet. I may be right on this, or I, I may be not. But what's happening is when I turn on my machine, it asks me for my Microsoft account before it'll let me do anything at all. Yeah, that's because you tied your your Microsoft account to your login, mm-hmm. and that and that and that's why that's uh, happening. You know, my, it's interesting how Microsoft went through this sort of uh, learning process. Of Windows, you know, we started with Windows Seven, which was a, a desktop-based operating system, and then mm-hmm. we went to Windows Eight, and they thought, okay, it's all about touch, baby. Yeah. So they did all the touch things, and then then they sort of took a couple of steps back with Windows Eight Point One, and now we're at Windows Ten, where you know the desktop is is really back again, um, you, and we still have touch when we have you know uh, Windows Ten installed on a touch type of device. So yeah, your issue that you're having here though is is that you you tied your Microsoft account to your login. So you can either log in with the password of that account, or you can even create what's called a PIN and type in you know a, a PIN to log in as well. But you do have to have something before you can even operate your machine, right? You do have to have a, a login something in order for it to work, correct? Yeah, and you really want that anyway from a security mm-hmm. perspective. Yeah, yep. that's something that. You know, if you don't have that today, even on Windows 7, you really should. You should. And I uh, definitely don't mind uh, using my Microsoft account to log in. But the first time you try it, you wonder why your speech isn't coming up. Um, it's a really good idea to know what we're talking about here. Uh, so you won't fall into the same pitfalls that I did and some of the others might have. Is that you That's know, just, right. Windows key enter. Yeah, the, Windows key enter. And maybe yeah. at first you're... License is not activated right away. I think it waits 24, almost 48 hours sometimes to activate your version of Windows 10, I guess maybe to prevent piracy. I'm not sure why, but there's this waiting period before it officially authenticates your machine. Yeah, you can force it too, though. You can yeah. you can type activate uh, yeah. you know, in the start menu, and you can, tell, you can force it to go in and activate. Bill, go ahead. I said I never had that problem. I never had it either. It started it working for me right it. away. But what it did do, though, Bill is it uh, started giving me, and I didn't know this until I looked in the system tray, because remember, I feel like I'm going back to school to operate a computer now because of, of 10. And and we're not saying to be scared of it. We're just saying some of the new things that are going on. I actually had to look into the system tray and and look at what's called notifications. Yeah, and 
I always go in and, and alter that so I can get the things that I want to um, notify, you know, the things that I'm used to. I, I made that adjustment on the taskbar, and it, it works just like Windows 7 or 8 did for me mm-hmm. now. What, what things did you change? Oh, I wanted to know the battery status, and I wanted to know if this program had loaded. And, you know, since we broadcast, I wanted to know if the encoders were going. So that's what I did. I just went into the to the taskbar, typed it in, and, and adjusted the settings to show the things that I wanted to show on the taskbar. Mm-hmm. Now, there's a couple geek tools if you're more of an advanced user, you like to play around. One I found, because there's been a lot of criticism about privacy settings in Windows 10. They claim it's to uh, enhance your experience. You know, if you're using Cortana and use voice recognition and want to use it to find events and notify you of appointments and reminders and so forth. But I did find an awesome tool. Two things here. One is called W10 Privacy, and it brings up a nice accessible list a few different tabs of all of the different privacy settings and you know there's a few other things you can do there one you can set up which goes back to my second item which is called god mode which basically puts all your settings in this big list view so if you want to see what everything does if you would like to get under the hood and play around with it and really tweak it and make it the operating system uh set for your needs you can do that w10 privacy great tool i've heard of god mode before and I, I wasn't exactly sure how you would get that going. It's well, it's it's you basically create this directory called God Mode Space and uh-huh. this long string of characters. I can send you. To, I just have it in a text file, but uh-huh. this program yeah. will do set it up for you as well. Cool. Yeah. So another thing that um, I've been sort of dealing with is uh, we were talking about Cortana. Now that's an assistant, sort of like uh, Siri, kind of, and. Uh, believe it or not i i like assistants and i kind of wanted to play with them so i think that was probably the first or second thing that i tried was getting cortana to work for some reason i could not get the screen to come up to tell me how to engage cortana and i have to tell you i'm pretty impressed with the search features and how you can gain access just by searching through the menu system of uh, 10 and it's really weird because as I'm typing I can hear it going through the searches as it's trying to find something for you I, it, It's like the screen reader is, is trying to read and trying to sort out things as you type them in and it really is So I typed in Cortana and typed in uh, You know try to figure out how to operate the the microphone with it and you have to actually engage at least I did the microphone Settings, but I couldn't read the the wizard. It wouldn't re- let me read an NVDA any any issues with that you guys Well, I think and and I don't have any Knowledge to support this, but I think that that's displayed Using edge ah, I think and I'm using and I IE. Right, no, but but that's not something that you can control. I see. It's there's just certain a things. Window. There's certain. Yeah, there's certain things in the operating system where Edge is displaying content, mm-hmm. and that's not going to be accessible right now until it's going to require changes on both sides. It's going to mm-hmm. require changes from the screen reader side. Which side is ready to implement? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not. I'm not real sure at that at this point. So that that's why you're seeing that behavior, and this is also true in certain areas in the control panel. And in, and in Windows settings, sometimes you can't see text. Um, I'm glad to know I, that. I, yeah, I've had some issues even where dialogues will come up. Mm-hmm. 
um, in, and they're not running a Win- Windows Insider build right now on, on my machine at home. Uh, and th- I'll see an OK button, but I'll see no text. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I have no idea what it is. Uh, well, the screen reader will read the text, but you can't get to it to take action. No, on. no, they won't even read the text. It just says OK button. And no. there's no there's no text. I can't read any of the dialogue. Even if I alt-tab away and come back, it won't read the text of the dialogue. Uh, and it, it's got to be an error of some kind, I suppose. Um, yeah. And, and I'm not sure why. And I'm not sure where that's coming from necessarily. But, you know, um, so, yes, Windows 10 is... is Funky. Well, even even <laughs> well, even NVDA, even the authors of NVDA have said, you know, they don't really recommend people move to Windows 10 at this point. At least they haven't in their prior blog posts. Mm-hmm. It's really a work in progress. But you know, if you're if you're using Outlook and you're using Word and you're and you're using Internet Explorer or Firefox and you're using Winamp and Station Playlist Studio or, or whatever you would like to use, and you're comfortable with all of that, then yeah, it's 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 pretty safe to to upgrade but you need to be aware of you know these gotchas and and Mm -hmm. know how to at least deal with them at some level so this is why it's important that really my recommendation at least for now is is that if you are really comfortable and getting your hands dirty then yes upgrade but if you're not then then i would then i would hesitate especially if you're on on windows 7 at the moment but that's not going to always be the case i think that will change obvious mm-hmm. obviously you know the screen reader vendors need to catch up a little bit and microsoft needs to do some work too and and so we'll we'll, we'll all get there we will i think the device support is better in windows 10 too so I do. It's not like yeah. in 7, you have to go and find drivers for things. Windows 10 True. is much smarter about finding all of your devices and getting but, drivers and talking to them. You know, Bill brought up something really important, too, and that was legacy devices. you got to be really careful that you have drivers that are going to support, you know, your hardware. And it's it's pretty safe to say that if you have a Windows 8 driver, that will probably work. Um, but if you have really old sound cards or you have, uh, you know... Uh, some some really funky stuff out there. You want to just make sure that that there's at least a really good Windows Seven certified driver that's going to move forward. Um, that's really really important. Not that's even more important probably than the software side. Yeah. Now let's talk about Skype. I, I know Skype is has changed drastically from uh, when I was teaching. I used to be able to sit down with students and run Skype, and it was great. I had no issues. I could teach students uh, all about Skype. Now Skype has turned into. Uh, well, there's two versions. Right. So there's Skype and Skype for Business. There's Skype and Skype for Business, right? Right, exactly. And most people that that we're talking to on Skype these days are using Skype. Mm-hmm. But if you're in a corporate environment, uh, Skype for Business, which used to be what's called Microsoft Link, mm-hmm. for those of you that may be aware of that, and um, so yeah, that's. Um, I haven't I haven't used it extensively, so I, I don't really have any comment on, on well, I what do. it's current. <laughs> <laughs> I do. Uh, if you are a Windows seven or ten user, it doesn't really matter. What I've discovered, and this is no no absolutely no uh, grievance with NVDA. But um, I'm running the latest version. I think it's like 7.4 of Skype, I believe, is the version number. And I signed out. I thought, well, I'm having a problem on Windows 10 getting into Skype 
for some reason it wasn't reading correctly when I upgraded to the latest version of Skype. So what I ended up doing was signing out. I mean, how else do you get your hands dirty, like Jeff was saying, unless you play with things? Mm. And so um, I rolled up my sleeve. I signed out of Skype. I couldn't get back in. I had to reboot my machine. I thought, ah, that'll fix it, because rebooting usually fixes issues when you're having issues on 10. Um, and I couldn't, I couldn't sign back in. I thought, well, this is a Windows 10 issue. Let me see what happens when I go over to the Windows 7 machine and sign out of Skype. So I did the same doggone thing. <laughs> I signed out on a Windows 7 machine. Couldn't get back in. I see Skype pane. That's all I see. I see, I see open Skype. Nothing happens. Focus is just completely gone. Hmm. Are, you, uh, are, are you running Skype using... A original Skype ID, or did you make the conversion and um, I made convert the, it to a yep. Microsoft account? Microsoft account. Okay. Mm. Normally, what happens when you bring up Skype is that uh, that it will bring up an HTML window where you can sign in, mm -hmm. and you have to select whether or not you have a Microsoft account or you have a Skype ID, and then then you can type in those. And if you have two-factor authentication enabled, then it will send you a text message to your phone. You mm -hmm. have to type in the code and all that crazy nonsense. Um, yeah, you're not seeing that, but you're not seeing that dialogue at all, huh? Nope. Well, not. you obviously got it fixed, though, Randy. Well, we are here. here. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, let me tell you. What, let me tell you what I did. Um, and this may help, and it may not. Uh, I don't really know. But what happened was uh, these issues all happened at the same time, just before we went uh, onto the show, just before we started the show. And I mean to tell you, I, I just got in under the wire. In fact, I was a little bit late coming on, but what the issue had been was NVDA was not letting me see that window. It was, say, Skype pane. Mm. Skype pane, that's it. I could not gain focus on anything. So I un uninstalled Skype. I, I reinstalled Skype, and it left me hanging uh, with uh, not signed in. So what I had to do was I had to install... Remember, I told you, ladies and gentlemen, that I was several cycles behind in JAWS. And I didn't have JAWS on this machine, so I had to download a uh, 17 demo version of JAWS. That read my sign-in pane. And what I was able to do was um, it brought me to that window, Jeff, just like you explained. And mm -hmm. as I arrowed down, I could see it beautifully. How to, how to sign in, but NVDA at this present time on my machine <laughs> using my hands <laughs> and I'm, I'm trying to be careful because I'm, I'm not trying to bash any system or any computer. No, you know, that's, you know, how many screen readers does it take to use Windows? All of them. Yeah. <laughs> it's, well, remember, on what you're in. Go ahead. Remember, remember, remember a long time ago, Clarence Wiley once said that, that he wanted you to go buy a copy of JAWS because he said one screen reader was never enough. Mm -hmm. If you want to be productive in your work environment, you need to have as many tools in your tool belt yep. as you possibly can. Mm -hmm. And uh, Clarence is no longer with us, but that was the mark of a giant to be able to to say that. And that was, you know, when when uh, when GW Micro and and well, they're very competitive now, but I mean, they were even more competitive back then. Mm -hmm. And for for him to come out and say that at CSUN, you know, a major technology conference, I was sitting there in my mouth was on the floor and i walked up to him afterwards and i said you know you were just an amazing man to come out and say that it's so true 
Mm-hmm. And uh, that's he's definitely missed, that's for sure. Oh, yeah. And this is quite a few years ago. That oh, I was in the there. 90s. Yeah. Was, yeah, it was in the 90s. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. But it's true. It still holds today that, you know, you really should have as many screen readers that you can have access to available to you. Yeah, so it's definitely, we, but, definitely true. Go ahead, Bill. What version of Office do you have on your computer? Oh, well, that, that's funny, Bill. <laughs> this is an <laughs> interesting uh, little uh, caveat here. So, you yeah. know, I, I have been one to um, always buy copies of Office uh, where they're not subscriptions, you know. Um, and I've and I've run that way for years. And um, Eric Bridges and I, in fact, you had Eric on, on Main Menu just a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And Eric and I had the great opportunity to go out to Microsoft to the Microsoft Accessibility Summit, where we had an opportunity to meet with a lot of the product groups and talk about their accessibility roadmap and really hear a lot about what's going on at Microsoft uh, as it relates to accessibility. And one of the things, you know, if you, if you listen to Windows Weekly and, and, and Paul Throt and Mary Jo Foley, they've been preaching this for months. So this isn't really anything different than, than what the public is hearing. Uh, and that is that if you really want to be on the latest and greatest versions of Office, and this is really important, I'll get to why in a minute, then you need to be on Office 365. And for that reason, you know, it, it's going to cost you about $99 a year, but that's for up to five computers and five mobile devices or tablets. And that's going to be either be Mac or Windows and you know, uh, Android and iOS. So, um, and the reason this is important is that that's where the pace of innovation is. That's where you're seeing updates happen more frequently. So, Bill, the answer to your question is, as of about a week, and, a week ago, I was on a desktop key, and now I'm an Office 365 subscriber. <laughs> yeah, I am too, Jeff. And I was telling that to Randy because... If you've got something like that in at least, what, Office 10, Randy, you could run uh, Window Eyes. And mm-hmm. that's for free. For free. And that mm-hmm. might solve your some of your issue here for you. Yep, absolutely. Well, one of the issues that I have, and this may be a server issue, because I had talked to the Microsoft Disability Line. And they are great, by oh, the way. Oh, they are. They yes. are so great. Great service, by the way. Um, yep. And, you know, we all have issues from time to time, and we have to, uh, or we should, take advantage of this, full advantage of this service, because it's just great. They couldn't fix my problem with Outlook. And uh, I don't know how many people have heard it, but just briefly, if I close Outlook and open it, I can receive mail. Otherwise, it'll just sit there and not receive mail at all. So I don't know. I'm running Office 2010. And uh, uh, it will not let me do it. So, yeah, I've seen that as well. Um, really? Behind a firewall. And so I'm not sure. Do you get the service packs for Office, if that helps any? But, yeah, you're not alone. Uh, there's some issue either where the screen reader, something's trying to phone home and it can't. Well, so if it I've helps you any, well. it, it, it happens in Office 2016 as well. Um, so what's going have, on here? Not even I, the disability line know. could help. Yeah, well, <clears throat> the situation that I have, have noticed is that I'll get mail, and it works all day, 
but then when I get up in the morning, I have I cannot get an email. No matter what I do, send and receive. Oh, I have yeah. to actually reboot the system. I cannot just turn off Outlook and restart it. It still doesn't work. Mm-hmm. I have to actually reboot, and then it and it works, and it works for until it decides to stop working again. So I'm not really sure what what uh, is going on there. But the but the Microsoft Accessibility Answer Desk is is amazing. Um, mm-hmm. They'll help you with anything. Uh, oh yeah, you know, uh, hardware, hardware, software. Um, and, and it was really neat to meet the, meet the team behind that. They're just amazing people. Oh, they are. I, I know Kelly Ford personally very, very well for, for a really, really long time. And, and that's his baby. And he, uh, he is just amazing. And, and the level of support that they, that they, that they provide is, is fantastic. Uh, it, it reminds me of, uh, Apple accessibility, uh, you know, accessibility line as well they're both just outstanding and really both companies should be extremely commended for for offering that level of service and going above and beyond i mean they don't even care about product keys i've never been asked to 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 validate whether you know you know whether or not i you know have a have a product key or if i can't read it they're not going to talk to me i mean they're they're just there for you for us and it's Mm -hmm. fantastic oh i didn't know kelly was involved in that Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, it's good to know that I'm not alone with the, this issue because uh, yeah. I'm now. When you guys upgrade to a 365, is there an initial cost, or can you just like pay your 995 and and get on? How does that work? Well, for you, Randy, there is. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks a lot, Jack. <laughs> no, you, you can you can subscribe either yearly or monthly, and as I understand it. Um, you can you can buy two different copies of Office 365. You can buy a personal license, which basically entitles you to one computer and one mobile device, uh, and that's sixty nine dollars a year. Or you can pay ninety nine and have up to five computers and five mobile devices. So f- the the five works great for us because you know I have my wife and my two kids, and of course I I play on the Mac and on the Windows side, so I get two. Yep. and everybody else gets one. <laughs> yeah, I've got two machines and, uh, here, so. Yeah, so so you know, if you want to put it on multiple, then you can either pay nine ninety five a month, or what I would encourage you to do is just pay the ninety nine dollars a year if you can swing it, and and then that also gets you uh, one terabyte of uh, OneDrive space mm-hmm. as well. So if you want to okay. use that, you can put files and you know whatever you want up there. Mm-hmm. Well, ninety nine isn't. Isn't too horrible, so it's, it's no. pretty good. I thought you had to outlay like a lot more money to get into the subscription. No, oh. no, not at all. Okay. No. Yeah. And, and that and OneDrive is uh, fully accessible. I played recently with the the Amazon cloud service. It wasn't uh, yeah, too impressed. No, it was not. Oh. No. Go ahead, Bill. No, OneDrive is very accessible. It's mm-hmm. not a problem at all. Mm-hmm. Paul um, Therott has had some uh, some stability issues with it, and, and just it's not as it seems to at least from. From the testing that he has done, it seems to be not as good as Dropbox. So I still have both, but I think that will come in time. And, you know, uh, if you include the 60 minutes of Skype calling that you get per month and the one terabyte of, of OneDrive space and Office, I mean, that's one heck of a deal mm-hmm. for $99 a year. You, you really can't beat that, considering the fact that Dropbox is almost that much for a year. Oh, yeah, it is. You know, Randy, can I say one positive thing I found out about 
going to Windows 10. No. Nope. I'm going to anyway. <laughs> okay. But, <laughs> There's anyway, a lot of positive things. But anyway, the one thing, though, it's not supported yet. I do a lot of working on my website with radio stations. And a lot of times, some of them will not work. People call and say, you know, this station doesn't work and what doesn't work. But if I run that same station in Edge, it will work. It will. Yes. And the, and the, yeah, the cool thing is, too, is that you can even stream the Apple keynotes and, and live events in right. Edge. It's, uh, and it's, it, it's and, great. Yeah, and the reason why that is, uh, Bill, is because they have modern protocols now built into Edge versus Internet Explorer, and that's why that's why the magic works. So are so you... Is that eight, like HTML5 players or just... Other things yeah, as there's, well. There's come other in, protocol. You, I, there's other protocols, and I don't know the the technical aspects of this, but there are other protocols that I guess have been embedded inside of Edge that allow, for example, Apple to stream uh, and others to to be able to have better streaming access to the browser itself. It's probably part of the HTML5 player, but yeah, it's it's really really good. And if you know, if you don't need to to get around and, and look at the screen, and but you just want to stream something in Edge, by all means, use it. Yeah, it works. I just wanted to point that out because yeah, I've, I've just noticed that it just does. So, are you an Edge user then, Bill, or do you use both when you feel you should, or how, what do you do? No, I'm I'm very much an Internet Explorer user, okay. but on rare occasion, when something absolutely will not work, and I'm just suspecting that it the stream probably does work, mm-hmm. I test it. Yeah. yeah but and yeah. for those for those of you who don't know, um, Edge is the other uh, the latest browser from Microsoft. Just right. throwing it off. It's there the default browser. Mm-hmm. If you it, perform a Windows 10 full you know full install, that's what you're going to end up uh, getting. Let's talk about the Insider program for a minute, can we? Sure. No, we're not going to talk about that just yet. You see, this is the point where we had to split the show and make a second part, and that second part will be aired next week. So stay tuned for that piece. Thank you very much for listening. You can always find out more information at mainmenu.acbradio.org. Any feedback you wish to submit can be sent to mainmenu at acbradio.org. In case you missed it at the beginning of the show, I want to take this opportunity to remind you about the ACB Radio auction on Sunday, December 6th at 7 p.m. to 11 p.m. Eastern Time. It'll be airing on five of the ACB Radio channels. I'm pretty excited because I was able to donate this year, and so I'm looking forward to seeing all the items and what gets people excited and all that good stuff. If you would like to find out more information or see the items listed, go to www.acb.org slash auction 2015. Main Menu can be heard every Friday at 9 p.m. Eastern, and it rebroadcasts every four hours until 5 p.m. Eastern on Saturday. Sometimes there's a difference in the schedule due to changes on Saturday programming. You can listen at www.acbradio.org slash mainstream or by using the ACB Link iOS app. If you missed any of the shows, it's available as a podcast as well. You can subscribe at mainmenu.acbradio.org slash rss.xml. Want to listen by phone? Call 605-475-8130. 
Again, 605-475-8130. Thanks so much, and we'll see you next week for part two of Windows 10. Thank you.